Hi, this is Mark. Thank you for joining me on Words of Truth. I appreciate you coming along with me. I think that most of us who call ourselves Christians will agree that we are living in a godless society. Now, that's not to say that God isn't present with his people or that God isn't aware of what's happening in our culture, because we know that he is. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 12 says, For the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears attend to their power. But the face of the Lord is against evildoers. And Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 13 tells us, And there is no creature hidden from his sight. But all things are open and laid bare to his eyes of him to whom we must answer. You see, we have an all-knowing, all-seeing God. He knows what's going on. He's very aware of it. But when we talk about living in a godless society, we're talking about a society that makes bad moral choices. Let me just briefly illustrate what I mean about that. And listen to everything before you make judgment. On June chapter or June 26, 2013, the United States Supreme Court found the Defense of Marriage Act to be unconstitutional. They found that it was unconstitutional for the federal government to refuse to recognize a same-sex marriage as legal on the state level. And so, with the demise of marriage between a man and a woman, the cultural acceptance of the sin of homosexuality is gaining further support in America, while the Christian's worldview becomes less and less popular. Same thing happened in Canada beginning in 2003, in Ontario and British Columbia, and the federal government passed a law in 2005. And by the way, I'm no homophobic, as no doubt some will accuse me. I'm simply bringing a definition of what a godless society looks like. It's one that disregards God's word and brings in laws that are to the contrary. And I hope you just heard what I just said, and you don't make something more of what I said than what I'm actually saying. I could have pointed to any number of social societal sins. Abortion would be another one. God sees every child created in the womb as his own creation, and yet our society throws unborn children away as though they're trash. Almost 100,000 babies were aborted in 2016, with over 100,000 abortions in 2015, 780 of those being live birth abortions, and that's in Canada. In the United States, there were 630,000 abortions in 2019 alone. So in a Christian worldview, this is what is termed as a godless society. It's a society that snubs its nose at God's laws and makes its own laws according to its own conveniences. Ours isn't the first godless society. Just think of the many pharaohs and kings and other rulers who failed to bow before the one and true God. And then coming in the, into the New Testament era, we see that even when Emmanuel, God with us, ministered on earth, the response of the majority of people who heard his message was nothing more than godlessness. And it was that same godlessness that put Jesus on the cross. And then think about the religious elders of Israel who bribed the guards who were at the tomb of Jesus 
to cover up the truth of his resurrection. And then there was the Roman Empire, a godless culture that permeated early Christianity as a result of its wicked rule. And so let's not feel helpless or hopeless as we consider the godless society that permeates our cultural today. But instead, let's keep in mind that by nature, we Christians are to be living countercultural. We're called to shine as lights in our dark world. And so let me talk about what it means to live a godly life. In fact, those two words, godly living, sum up everything the New Testament teaches the Christian about how to live. Now, somebody might say, well, it's easier said than done. And that's true. But the Apostle Paul gives us some insights into what it means to live a godly way. He wrote in Titus chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and in a godly manner in the present age. And so godly living has to do with adding some things and removing other things. We're to add things like sobriety and righteousness and godliness, and we're to remove other things like ungodliness and worldly lusts. You see, godly living isn't just a once a week thing we do on Sunday, but it's a lifestyle that God expects of his people. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, we should take note of the two truths that he shares with us about godly living. First is that we're, that our lifestyle determines our destiny. In other words, God promises eternal rewards for those who commit their lives entirely to Jesus. These are people who fight the good fight, who remain steady in the cause of following Christ, and who finish the race well. For those who want to go to heaven, trusting Christ means a course correction. Now, we aren't saved by our good works, but our good works certainly show that we're saved, and it shows in our lifestyle choices. And the second thing he says is that this is a lifestyle that will make a difference. You know, sometimes we wonder if our society is too far gone. I know I do. We wonder if any good thing we try to do will ever make a dent in our godless society. But my answer is a resounding, yes, it will make a difference. This was the answer that even the prophet Isaiah gave in his day. He said in Isaiah chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, remove the evil of your deeds from my sight. Stop doing evil, learn to do good, seek justice, rebuke the oppressor, obtain justice for the orphan, plead for the widow's case. You see, being made clean from our sin-stained souls, ceasing to do evil, and learning to do good weren't just the answers for Isaiah's day, but they're the key ingredients to turn our society around too. Is there hope for our society? I think there is. But first of all, the church has to make a commitment to shining light in this world. 
pointing people to the truth of the word of God and the saving grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Will you do that? Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.